0: you know what, one of the biggest problems and one of the biggest things that I've seen um, in relationships in general and in marriage relationships specifically is a failure to communicate. Um, It's also one of our biggest problems in our relationship with the Lord. It's one of our biggest problems there as well. And, and as we have come off this 21 days of, of prayer and, and reading and fasting, um, I hope that you've actually seen the value in communicating with the Lord on a, on a regular basis and that that's something that is continuing. We had an incredible service last week. It was awesome to just pray together as a church family. But when you think about communication, what is that proper order that we should have there? And as followers of Jesus, how does that actually fit in to this? Because we tend to think that the quality of our marriage depends on our relationship with our spouse. And while there's a lot of truth in that, because that's actually true in a lot of ways, um, but, you know, communicating with the Lord is actually the most important relationship That we have, it it matters the most and it affects all of our relationships, especially our relationship with our spouse. But your individual relationship with the Lord is really what brings proper order and priorities to everything in your life. This series is called Love God First. And if there's nothing else you remember from this series, whether you're single, whether you're, uh, whether you're married, whether you're somewhere in between, whether you're remarried, maybe you're, you know, maybe you're divorced, maybe something everywhere in between, this right here, if you don't remember anything else from today, and I know there's gonna be a lot of things to remember from today because it's baptism and it's gonna be awesome, but I want you to hone in and focus on this idea here because loving God first, that priority in our life, the trickle-down effect makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. Our connection with God, it makes us better spouses. It makes us better friends. For those of us that are waiting maybe on our spouse or maybe single and okay with it and realizing that this is where God has called me because that's okay too. Um, Or somewhere maybe in between that, the wisdom that God gives us and who we choose to go down the road with, this is about making God's priorities our priorities. In our relationships and what happens when we love God first and we love our spouse second and we have that priority list in in its proper place that's really what this series is all about and so we're going to cover God's intention for the marriage relationship and and why it's more than just an expression of love but it's but it's one of sacrifice and of and of purpose and this isn't just for married couples so if you're single if you're a student don't check out on me for the next month I promise this is for you too There's a lot wrapped up in here in the the principles of God's word and how we should really approach our relationship with him and our relationship with others. But let me ask this question. Why is commitment so difficult? Why is commitment so difficult? We struggle with commitment just as people as Americans, but just as people in general. What makes commitment so difficult? Because we will say that we're committed to this or that, but we really don't see it lived out all that often. We have to to see the value in it before we will commit to it, if we're gonna be honest with ourselves. Is it worth my time? Is it worth my effort to be committed to X, Y, Z? How does it benefit me in some way? We have to be passionate about it if we're going to be committed to it. It has to be for a cause that we believe in if we're going to be committed. And usually that passion or cause comes from some benefit that it gives to me. Does it affect my comfort? Will I enjoy being committed to this? Because if those two things don't hit, you may not say that out loud, but clearly that's, that's going through our minds, If those two things don't hit just right, we will second guess our commitment to that. So let me ask the question again. Why is commitment so difficult? Because we're selfish. All of us. We are. We're selfish. That's why. Because we look out for number one. It's that that sin nature that we have of of being selfish and looking out for ourselves. I want to do what I want for the benefit of me. That's how we are. But... As, Christians, as followers of Jesus, that idea goes against everything that we are called to be as followers of Christ. We have a responsibility to look beyond ourselves when it comes to relationships, but especially when it comes to marriage. Christians are called to be self-sacrificing in their love toward others, but especially in our love toward our spouse. And it requires hard work. Commitment requires hard work. It requires dedication. It requires pushing through when we're tired, when we're annoyed. Just like an athlete that's in the middle of a training season or you know, during that time, you, you push through it. You push through it. And so should we have that I'm training for a game mentality when it, when it comes to our, our marriages? No, not necessarily. But when we make a commitment to something, it's a constant choice that we make to be dedicated to that cause whether we feel like it or not. We all struggle with commitment in one way or another in life. Whether it's committing to you know, a diet, whether it's committing to creating better study habits, um, whether it's um, working out at the gym. A lot of us who made that commitment at the beginning of the year are probably not doing that now, um, mathematically speaking. But... You know, commitments are a normal part of life. But we even have a lack of seriousness about commitments in our culture too with things like cheat days, right? When it comes to our diets, we're like, we can't even totally commit to that because we gotta have a cheat day. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I love having the day where you just slam pizza and wings and all that kind of stuff. I'm not standing here saying I haven't done that, clearly. (laughs) But the fact is marriage is not what it used to be is it? Marriage is not what it used to be, or is it? See, we, we like to think that marriage is not taken as seriously now as it was, say, 30 years ago. There's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of evidence to those kinds of things, because a whole lot of things are much more, um, eyes are more open to that, and, uh, and we see anything and everything that everyone does today, thanks to, thanks to technology and all of those kinds of things. But let me show you a couple of things that maybe you didn't realize. This is, this is a graph of the last 50 years of divorce rates in the United States. The last 50 years of divorce rates. Now, here's what I want you to see, though. In 2019, we, we landed on a 50-year low in divorce rates in the United States. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's great. 50-year low since the 70s. Since, since like right around when I was born. It hasn't, the divorce rates have not been this low. But let me show you another graph. This is the U.S. marriage rates in the same year has reached an all-time low. How interesting. It's really hard to get divorced if you don't get married, right? So of course the numbers are low. And why is this? This one scares me more than the other one, way more. Because the value of marriage isn't there. The value of marriage isn't, isn't there. It seems like marriage is nothing more than just a really, you know, really good high five. The same amount of value is put into that. Some of that is attributed to where society has gone in, you know, in the last 50 years. Absolutely. We can say that. The sexual revolution of the 70s, some of it might be income bracket driven. Sure. You could say that. But those aren't the real reasons. Those aren't the real reasons. Those are symptoms those are symptoms let's not pretend that marriages prior to the 70s were all great because they weren't they weren't divorce just wasn't as widely accepted in in those times and there were some awful relationships if we're being honest that were not godly marriages during those times that were enabled and you hear about those kinds of things study some things look back At some things that went on and listen to stories of your elders. So let's not pretend that like we're in the worst of it right now. It's been awful for a while. Cursing the darkness does us no good. But intimate relationships, they're in everything that we see. They're in everything that we see. We are built and created for intimate relationships. God created us to be in relationship with Him and with, with others. Absolutely. It's part of how we're wired. And most people like the idea of wanting to have that significant other in, in, in marriage and, and some of those things and, and, and having somebody you can share with on a, on a very deep level for sure. But you see these intimate relationships in movies and you see it in, in TV shows, you see it in novels, you see it on social media, see it on other kinds of media and all of that. And not all of them, in fact, most of them probably, are not godly intimate relationships, but you see the need and the, and the want for that in, in the world because it's in so much. It's in so much stuff. But marriage is something that's been around since the very beginning, since the book of Genesis, when God brought Adam and Eve together in the garden, and that first establishment that was there, of the marriage relationship between the man and the woman, that covenant that was there, joining them together with God as the witness. It's not just a contract, it's more than a commitment, it's a covenant with faithfulness, with, with fellowship with Jesus involved in there. Biblical marriage, is it's a, it's a commitment between a man and a woman who are fulfilling God's God's will of of reproduction, of partnering and caring for the earth as we were charged to do, but also living out the spiritual purpose that goes actually beyond this life, whether you realize it or not. And we're gonna get to that here in just a minute. But it's so much more than just romantic feelings. It's so much more than those romantic feelings of love that we share with others, and those are important. But here's the thing, if that's all it is, if that's all that it's based on, then you're going to run into problems. And our feelings for our significant other, things change over over the years due to the ups and downs of life. But that that brings us to, to this idea of what's bringing us together really is the choice, hear this, the choice to remain committed. The choice to remain committed. And as believers, we should always ask the Lord to give us strength to maintain and uphold the vow that we've committed to our spouse. you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians, book of Ephesians chapter five. And I want to read for you just three verses today that I usually uh, have read in just about every wedding that I've had the privilege of being a part of. Um, and, And it's really showing us a picture of the church through the marriage relationship, because this goes all the way back to Genesis. And that picture of the church that is a through line in all of scripture. And you're gonna see that in, in parts of this here. And so in Ephesians chapter five, verses 25 through 27, it says this, for husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. And he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. See, we live in a culture that has been slowly and surely moving away from the sacredness of marriage. That shouldn't be any surprise to any of us. Living together has become the norm, you know, if you're single, before you get married, if you even do. You know, we're constantly seeing infidelity scandals uh, of our leaders, and, and many others as if it's no big deal. The media's portrayal of just a quick and easy divorce is, is out there all the time. We were in Florida um, back at, uh, at the end of uh, November and I wish I would have taken a picture of this. We were going uh, back to our condo and um, we came to this intersection and there was a yard sign that was, uh, that was there <laughs> and we drove by and I had to double take because it said divorce, 99 bucks and I was like like I, I kind of snickered at it first, and I'm like, no, what in the world? Like that was that was sad. Like it hurt my heart for a minute. I'm like, that's where we are. You know what I mean? Get get an oil change and a divorce for ninety nine bucks. Just, you know, what I mean? it's like, wow, this is where we are. You know, but we've been there for a while. It's just now we're seeing it on a sign, and 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 everything is is wide open to see. And I thought, man, what what an interesting. What an interesting and sad representation that we're seeing there. But, you know, biblically, those who are married and want to be married must remember that it requires sacrifice. It's a serious commitment to the way in which God designed it. In Ephesians, Paul, he reminds husbands to love their wives in the way that Christ showed love for the church, gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. And so the result is that the church is clean and free from blemishes. That's that's the idea behind that. See, our marriages should be a reflection of Christ's love for his church. Our marriages should be a reflection of that. And as a spouse, we should be dedicated to praying for each other. We should be holding each other accountable for our spiritual walks with the Lord. That's what we should be doing in our marriage relationships. But I would even say in in your relationships, maybe you're engaged. Maybe you're dating. Are you taking your relationship with the Lord seriously as part of that? Because married couples, they're a team to be dedicated to making sure that each other are being Ready for eternity and holding each other up. And what we see from this passage is that marriage is not just for selfish gain. And we all want to feel loved. We want the romantic stuff. We want the romantic dates, absolutely, to be near our spouse and intimacy and all of that stuff. It's awesome. Absolutely. God created it. It's needed. It's important. No doubt. But marriage is also designed actually to be hard work it's not always supposed to be easy and it's not going to be because you're two sinful people that are coming together but our eternal lives are in view and that's something that we need to keep in mind and I want you to see something interesting as a through line through the word of God if you have your Bibles uh, still with you turn to Revelation 19 or if you're following along in the Bible app turn to Revelation chapter 19 In Revelation 19, and you might be like, wow, Jay's preaching on marriage and we're going to Revelation, okay. Um, (laughs) Stick with me, this is super cool. Because marriage, it's established right after creation. And the analogy of marriage is carried through God's timeline until the very, very end, even the end that hasn't arrived yet. And that's such a cool thing to look at. And so John, he's sitting down writing the vision that Jesus gives him, the end of all things. Because John is, is taken up and he has shown this incredible vision and he does his best to write down stuff and he can't figure out how to explain everything, right? Which is probably why if you've read through Revelation, some of it you're like, Because, you know, dude sees helicopters and he's like, oh, okay, looks like a big bug. You know? So he's trying to explain things. And, and Jesus tells him, write down what I show you. There's some things I don't want you to write down, but there's some very important things I do want you to write down. And so he's here toward the end, and this is coming to the end of all things. And I want you to, I want you to listen to how and see exactly what he's talking about here. He says, then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and loud peals of thunder shouting Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let me pause for a second. For those of you that were here last week and we did this prayer service where we had everybody praying at the same time during that time, kind of reminded me of this a little bit. Maybe you couldn't hear it from where you were, but I had the best seat in the house because everyone was kind of aimed this way. And this idea that's right here, this this loud rushing waters of, of Uh, and that sound of thunder of the people of God praying and worshiping the Lord was incredible. Now imagine that times a million and that's what John's hearing here. And it's an amazing thing. And so he says, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For Here it is. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright And clean was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who were invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. And at this, I fell at his feet and I worshiped him. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. So for a husband to love his wife, stick with me here, is to actually cooperate with Jesus in such a way that one day when we stand side by side as brothers and sisters in Christ, because we will, we'll stand side by side as brothers and sisters in Christ, that she will be presented along with the rest of the bride of Christ with her garment clean, and spotless. And each of us is going to be given a garment, as it's talking about here, that is representative of our individual righteousness, of the quality of our right living. And so we have a responsibility here that as as, as a married couple, that is as serious as anything that you've ever heard. Because my responsibility to my wife is to make sure that every day I do nothing that will contribute to her being stained in some way, shape, or form. Now, we're sinful, so there's only so much we can do about that, but that's like the goal that we're talking about here, right? So in a sense, I become a partner with God, and I stand alongside her in our marriage, in our relationship, and I say, I need to help you in the word, and she, in turn, needs to help me in the word, I need to pray for you, and she in turn needs to pray for me. And I need to, to do whatever I can do to keep every spot or wrinkle or any other blemish as it says in Ephesians 5. And so you see how those two things even relate. Paul, I don't think, even realized what was, what was going to be written by John later. See, both partners. Should dedicate themselves to seeing their spouse spiritually grow and mature. That's really the, under, the underline of what this is talking about. To help each other keep our garments clean. And one day we'll stand side by side in front of the Lord Jesus. As a whole church is presented to himself as holy and spotless and blameless. And yes... There is nothing that you can do to make that completely and utterly spotless. That's the goal because it's only the blood of Jesus that can make our garments spotless and clean. And because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection, we can claim that promise today. But in our marriages, we are to mirror the relationship that Jesus has with his church. And we're to do the best that we possibly can in that. And our marriages serve as a representation of what Christ is doing spiritually with the body of Christ. And so these are things that are important for us to understand. Whether we're married or not, this is important for us to understand in the relationship with God and where this is supposed to go. And so I want to give you an action step. I want to give you some homework every week of this series I want to give you some homework I want to give you something to do that is going to drive you forward in your relationship with the Lord because we love God first and our relationship with our spouse because they are second only to the Lord and this is it pray together every single day it's real simple but it's not it's not real simple for you to do commit to praying together every single day this week and I promise it will make a difference and I'm not talking about when you're at Arby's later that's not what I'm saying right like thank you Jesus for this food amen we did it boom right hey no that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about a time when when you can be alone if you got kids maybe it's when the kids go to bed maybe it's in the morning maybe it's only five minutes Whenever you can find that time, I get it. I've been through those seasons of life. Believe me, I've had the sleepless nights and all of that junk. Been there, done that. Find time to pray together, like actually pray together. And often there's one person in the relationship that really wants this to happen And the other one is maybe embarrassed or worried about the, you know, I don't know the right way to say it or the right, you know, what to do here. But I'm telling you, there's one that really wants this to happen a lot of times. And there's another, and, and the other one is like, okay. A lot of times that's the guy. Guys, listen. It's time for us, listen to me, it's time for us to step up as men of God. We need to lead our home. We need to lead our home and we need to push our family toward Jesus. And it starts with something as simple as prayer. I'm telling you, over the years, I've done uh, marriage counseling and met with people for marriage mentoring and stuff like that. And this one thing has made the biggest difference over anything that I can think of, over any kind of homework. I say it all the time, that prayer is powerful and it's the most powerful thing that we have. And I'm telling you, take me up on this. Take the Lord up on this. Because this is exactly those three words, right? We're coming together and we're loving God first. And we're praying and asking God to do something in our relationship. It doesn't matter if you say it right. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. About the right way to maybe go through prayer or at least the right mentality to have when we're going into prayer. And how we can lead through that. But don't feel like you have to say all the right things because God cares more about about your heart than he does about the words that you say. Because he knows... He knows your heart. And I'm telling you, it will make a difference. Guys, take your wife's hand or hands and lead her in prayer. Even if it's just for three minutes, I promise you, promise, promise, it will make a difference. If you come back here next week and you tell me it didn't matter and things are worse, I'll take you up on that bet. And I promise I won't lose it because I have faith in God and I've seen it over and over and over again. It will pull you closer together And there are people in this room that could actually testify to that. I know that. So talk about it. Talk about what your insecurities are. Talk about what's maybe freaking you out about that. That's cool because you know what that is? That's good communication, which might actually be a little bit of an issue there. So talk about that. Hey, I feel really dumb. Maybe just say those things. Maybe you need to say that. It's okay, talk about what the struggle is. Walk out of here with a plan today. Don't, Don't wait till you get to Arby's or wherever clearly what Jay's hungry for. but (laughs) Actually, Chinese food. But don't wait till then. Right? Make a plan today, here, before you walk out. And here's what I want each of you to do because this is a responsibility for each of you. I know I've talked a little bit more to the husband today. But this is a commitment for both of you together toward each other. And I, I would encourage you to pray this prayer today And every day, maybe before you see your spouse, maybe before they come home from work, something along these lines. God, for the rest of the day, help me to love my spouse in the ways that reflect you in me. Help me to love my spouse in the ways that reflect you in me. See, we have to choose every day to be committed to each other. Just like God chooses every day to be committed to you. And he chose and made that decision over 2,000 years ago to sacrifice everything, to give everything for you and for me so that we could be with him in heaven one day. That's how much he loves you. And so we love God first because he first loved us, as it says in the word. Because he gave everything and sacrificed everything. And he rose again on the third day so that, we can, so that we can know for sure that we're going to be with him in eternity and that's actually what this is representing today buried in the likeness of his death raised in the likeness of his resurrection it's an incredible thing what Jesus did for us and if you've never made that commitment if you've never made that choice I would love to talk to you today but let me, let me get to the connection point because our connection point for the day is this. Commitment is a daily choice. Love God first. Love God first. Commitment is a daily choice. Commit to loving God first every single day when you get up. I want you to think that through. I need to love God first. And it's a daily choice. And when you do that, you're putting your priorities in order because a lot of times in our relationships we'll put our kids first and then maybe God second and then our spouse third or maybe it's our spouse first and then God and then our kids or any some version of that that ends up getting us in trouble because the proper order is God first spouse second and everybody else and then kids and then everybody else that's the proper order that's the biblical order of how we should love and be committed and it's a daily choice and when you do that the trickle down effect is incredible the trickle down effect is going to put everything in line in ways that you probably don't even see coming and yeah it might get harder before it gets easier before it gets better might get a little might get a little tough right at first when we do that but our commitment to God needs to be number one because he was committed to you And so again, if if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, we have people in yellow lanyards that are sprinkled throughout that would love to talk to you, pray with you, lead you to Jesus, and show you how you can know for sure that you're gonna be with him forever. See, we should take marriage seriously because it was created and designed by God to be good and to be purposeful, but the principles that are built within that Are for all of us, regardless of where we are in our in our relationships. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we're so privileged to be able to call you that. To be able to come to you at any time. Lord, help us to love you first. Regardless of where we are in our relationships, our relationship status, help us to love you first. God, I know that in this room there are some hurting marriages. I know that watching online there are some hurting marriages, hurting relationships. People that have been hurt and are now in a place where they've pulled away. Father, I pray that you would heal. Pray that you would put your arms around them and I pray that, that those who, who need that would then in turn love you first and put their priorities where you say they need to be, because Jesus you just want what's best for us, which is why you put these principles in your word for us to learn from and to grow from and to live by. Father, if there is one here that doesn't know you as Savior Lord, I pray that they that they would hear and understand the truth of the gospel even now that that you did create us to be in relationship with you Lord that that it is supposed to mirror that of 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 a marriage in, in many many ways. God that you you want to you want us to know for sure that we have a relationship with you and just to transfer our trust to you because you are who you said you are. Cuz Jesus you were alive and you and you came and you died and you gave everything for us and you rose again 3 days later. So that we could know for sure we're going to be with you one day. So God, I pray that if there's one here, that they would repent, that they would turn from their sin and they would come to you. And they would leave that behind as the representation of baptism that we're about to experience together right now. Lord, I pray that you would continue to move powerfully through this place. In Jesus' name.